0: All right Dan well I know you and I connected over this idea of, of what do you want mm-hmm. and it, and it's such a large open ended question mm-hmm. uh and it and it really begins to tear away at our souls because it's like well that's, that's such a vague question when you're really honest about it but at the same time it begins to reveal these places and an opportunity for us so mm-hmm. with that as the context, maybe for a little bit of our time today. What have you thought about as you are kind of preparing for today and our coaching session? And granted, we're sharing this with the world, uh, but what have you thought about would be meaningful for for you to dive into in this moment?
1: um I think the the biggest elephant in the room right now is so I left my job at the beginning of December with nothing lined up, and. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what it is, what it is that I want. Um, You know, I, I think the last time that we spoke, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that are, um, you know, the financial freedom, the freedom of your time to be able to do something that I love to be able to help people. Like you can list off all these things. And I I feel like that's a good practice off often. And even as a coach, like I encourage my clients to do that, but sometimes, sometimes uh, you need to do something harder and you need to try and like push even further through that. And so I guess that, that's what, as I've been thinking about this time, that's what I'm, I'm hoping for is, Hey, yes, I can talk about these surface level things that I think would be, you know, things that I, that I want as it relates to, you know, my work life or personal life, but I guess I'm like, I'm really trying to, I guess, uh, what's the word I want to use? Um, I kind of want to like be an archaeologist. Uh, like I want us to sift through the sand to, like, okay, you're talking about all these things, but if we sift, some of these things are going to fall through and like what what is the main focus that I, I should be looking for as it relates to work or what are what are ways I can think outside the box that maybe I haven't been? Um, again, I know that those are vague things, but I feel like for me, it would be easy for me to try and just stay in the same lane that I've been in, right? Oh, I've done these roles. Let me just see, you know, is there a lateral thing I could do? But really, no, i I want to find something that is meaningful, something that I relate to. I want to find a company that has, an amazing purpose and vision and mission. And I want to align with that. And I want to be able to, to own that mission and vision and make it become a reality. And to some level within the context of work, as I think about that, part of it is I would love to be able to do my own thing. I don't have a large enough coaching practice to live off of that full time. So my reality is I do need to have a full-time job while I continue to build up my coaching business. And so really trying. So I'll, it, the ideal in my mind, I think encompasses if I was working for myself. So I know that in an ideal situation, you know, that's where my mind goes, but I've realized with a full-time job, I'm not gonna be able to check every single box. And that has to be okay. Like I have to be okay with that. Right. You know, there's going to be a, there's seasons of life where maybe we're climbing up a mountain and it, it may last for a couple of years, or it may last for six months. Uh, but at some point you're going to get to the peak and you're going to see it and you're going to be able to, um, look back and uh, appreciate the challenge that you, that you walk through, if that makes sense. Mm
0: -hmm. So, so I'm hearing just career aspirations. There's this, this tension of like, you left your job, you've got to get a job. There's also this, this hidden desire, this dream that you're pursuing as, as becoming a coach as well. Mm So, for the sake of time, brevity, and and our purpose today, yeah, what would make this like a magical conversation for you when we're done? I think
1: I think the focus should be thinking about finding a full time job and whether or not. Again, you know, we go different directions. I know the things that I like to do, and you know where my experience is. Um, but I also know that I can be a creature of habit sometimes. And so, sometimes I, in my experience, being a creature of habit sometimes means I'm, I miss thinking outside the box. So it may be helpful as we're dialoguing about, Hey, what do I, what might I want to do? Or, you know, whatever questions you might ask to try and figure out, um, okay, Dan, wh- like, what have you done? Okay. That's what I've been doing. Okay. Well, what about, like, just helping me see it from a different perspective, um, because it's so easy for me to to help someone, but it's very difficult for me to try and help myself. And so that's why talking to another person is just one of the most helpful things in the world, because you have an outside perspective that's unbiased, and that's truly just trying to help. So I think thinking about full-time career and... If if we start again, I don't have a preference over, you know, talking about what types of things do I want to be doing in that job, um, or um, the other thing I just said, or strategy. So I like it could go either of those ways. Um, and strategy as it relates to networking and or finding jobs organically and applying that way. So I, I, I'm I'm indifferent, I guess, about both of them because I think that they're both valuable. I think, as you ask questions, it may become clear that there's one one path that makes the most sense. but right now, those are the two paths that I see okay
0: let me let me see if I can ask this to to even keep driving down for for where we're headed today. What yeah. is it that you what is it that you don't want if you if you could think of three very clear things that you don't want?
1: I don't want to be stagnant. So I don't want to be in a place that feels like death and there's no growth, you know, growth with no growth for the company, but also no growth within the company. So I don't want to be stagnant. <clears throat> I want to feel empowered. I, I want to work somewhere where my leaders are empowering me and I feel like the executive teams, you know, can empower me to accomplish whatever goals and tasks are ahead of me. Um, and this one on base stretch, but clarity and alignment are so important to me. So I want, I want there to be clarity and alignment. Clarity, uh, again, I think as it relates to maybe mission and vision for the company and or for whatever role it is that I'm in and clarity and, and alignment on, you know, the success of that role, I, I just want it to be very clear uh, because I've found in my experience that, Sometimes it seems like it might be clear. And then once you step into something, you realize it's as clear as mud and that's not helpful for anyone. And so I, I want to make sure that there's clarity and alignment there.
0: Oh, okay. So you're you're a month out from resigning from your job and you got to go get the next job. Mm-hmm. What what are the what's the challenge that you're you're facing yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, the challenge is that the the job market is a very competitive. you know I, I think it's competitive in general, but since the pandemic with a lot of roles now being remote, you just have so many more eyeballs on these jobs and you have so you know thousands upon thousands of applications that are sent out to all of these. And so standing out is difficult, right? Uh, But also not only standing out, but finding, finding the appropriate role at the right company can also just be challenging too, because I could go and find, you know, a handful, maybe two handfuls of companies. It's like, Hey, those, those companies are awesome. And they just, they might not be hiring because not only is the job market just tough because it's, Uh, There's just so much competition, but then you also just have the economy that's not doing well, and you have companies that are doing layoffs and and cuts here and there. And so the the pendulum is just kind of out there, right? There's a need for for workers, but then there's also companies that are getting rid of folks because of budgetary reasons with the economy. So the biggest challenge right now is, yeah, making it through those – getting through to a person. Because something that my parents uh, communicated to me I remember when I was applying to colleges and something I believe firmly about myself, too, is I'm much better in person than I am on paper. Now, if you look at anything about me, like I have a high school diploma, I did a year of community college and then went into working full time because school wasn't for me at that point in time. So I don't have what the world might call an impressive resume. And that's it's not about. I'm also not someone who loves to talk about like myself or the things that I, I've accomplished. That can be a little bit more difficult, which is tricky when you're wanting to start a business, right? A coaching business, you need to talk a little bit about yourself and what you've helped people accomplish. But when someone sits down with me and they can interview me and talk to me, they can actually see, oh, this guy, he stands out to me in person. But on paper, it might just come across as, like, this person seems average. And so that that's a challenge for me too, is I don't have some of the education or some of the experience that some of these roles might have, but I have the capacity and ability to do those things. It's just someone might be more educated or someone might have a couple extra years of experience doing that thing. Um, so I, I'm just in this, I, I'm in this season right now as I'm, you know, without a job and looking for work where it's like, there's urgency but, but I, I'm not just trying to be a warm body in a, in a role, if that makes sense. Like I need a job and I know that I need a job, but I also don't want to jump at the first thing that comes to me because that first thing may not be the answer to the prayer that I've been praying. Right. It's like, that might be something, but it may not be the right fit for me. And so that's what I'm trying to avoid doing. I, I have turned something down that wasn't the right fit for me. I did get an offer, but it, it just wasn't going to be the right fit for me. So my wife and I, we prayed and we're like, yeah, I need to say no to this. Cause yes, it would give me a job, but I won't be thriving. Like financially, it would be very difficult to live off of that. So there's, you know, multiple reasons why, um, I've declined that, but that's, that's the other thing is urgency because I know, Hey, I need to get this job, but I also still need to be, um, I guess shrewd, like I I just need to be aware of what it is that I'm, that I'm stepping into. I don't want to make a rash decision, if that makes sense.
0: <clears throat> let, let me pause and just take you back, back to the question. Yeah, sorry. I, 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 everything you said is 100% true. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. discount that at all. But what is the challenge for you? Everything you said is absolutely true, but everything you mentioned is also external realities. Recession, economy, mm. connecting, interviewing. So let me take you back to the question of like, what is the challenge in you? Mm.
1: I guess, identity. I I guess the challenge for, for me is being associated and attached to something that that aligns with my identity and being someone who is compassionate to people, who wants to help. Um, yeah, so I I guess if I think about it, all of the job descriptions or things that I read, I've I've done those things. But I guess the real challenge for me is, I don't feel like there's one hundred percent alignment with my identity and the roles that I'm looking at and applying for. If that may, if that makes sense, yeah. I hope I hopefully that's more clear and sticking to the question because that is, as I think about identity, that's related to me yeah
0: what's what's the shift taking place because because you kind of stopped paused you made several mm, statements right so What what's the shift happening in you right now
1: i had to i had to, to stop and i had to step back to think okay what is it about all of the external things that are going on like wh- what's the internal battle that's happening And it it the pause was more so to help settle my mind to say okay those things that I did list were all external what's the internal thing and then I it, it just popped in my head like oh it's identity it's wanting to be known and seen as who I am in the workplace you know like as a child of God I know you know I can list off all the things but in the workplace. Does that identity align with what I'm going to be doing? And it could, you know, there's a of, lot of believers who are in the, the marketplace and who work in companies that um, don't have the same beliefs as them or and work with people who don't have the same beliefs as them. But for me, I'm realizing the value that I want to provide you an organization is one that that also helps people with identity. So one I can see my identity to say, Hey, I'm a child of God. I know, I know that I'm all these things. And externally, as I think about these roles that I'm looking at, it's almost as though I'm realizing that I'm, I'm shooting at the wrong targets, if that makes sense. Like I'm all lined up, my sights are there and I'm shooting and it's like, Dan, the targets are that way, you know? So, and, and maybe it's an epiphany moment to say, Hey Dan, you're going about this all wrong. But maybe th- that could be the case. Or Dan, your strategy is n- not taking you in the right direction. You know, hey, there's, there's a detour on this mountain. There's a different path that we need to take. And I, so I think that's where the pause came in to to really look at it and say, okay, the common denominator here may be just the identity piece. You know, I want to make sure that I'm rooted in my identity, and I want that to be in alignment with what I do so that I can continue to be in that identity in whatever role that I am. Mm
0: -hmm. Let me, let me just check in here. What, what do you need at this point in our coaching conversation? You've had some insights, some shift. You even said epiphany. Mm -hmm. What, what support is important to you right now?
1: I think diving more into this identity piece as it relates to a full-time full-time gig and trying to unpack that i guess a little bit more because at surface level what i've articulated is what i think but sometimes what i think is wrong
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i have reserved the right to be wrong about myself um Yeah, I, I I guess yeah I said epiphany because it I haven't I hadn't thought about that aspect of the job search as it relates to identity and the things that I feel called to do. I hadn't made that connection, so that that was the like hmm, you know the pausing helped me slow down and, and see that and yeah I think sometimes just slowing down can shift my perspective i can kind of detach from whatever's happening to actually be like okay what's what's really going on here and so it seems to me that 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 identity piece is the one that i'm landing on right now
0: if i if i may Mm -hmm. Does a sense of struggling with identity come from your mother or your father.
1: It's hmm. a good question. Probably my dad, I guess. I mean, so my dad's a pastor. Or he, he was he's not he doesn't have a church now he was a pastor and i look at all the things that he did like going to school like you know he worked a full-time job separate from even pastoring the church and he you know when he did seminary i remember being a teenager you know he was leaving at five in the morning sometimes not getting home till 10 30 or whatever uh, at night and I've never thought of it this way but at to some level he was chasing an identity just mm-hmm. to, to some level I, I i see him much more as a theologian that's that's his if you're familiar with disc he's more of an sc and my mom was more of an is so they're kind of opposites whereas she was the free spirit and he was the rule follower and the compliant one and so he loves to teach um and i i th- it's possible that those the the degree was an accolade to say i'm i'm a teacher that's my identity i i don't know that for sure and so it's possible that i'm trying to chase some sort of identity that i don't even know that is um under the surface i've never i've never gone down that road
0: what do you what do you need from your father to kind of make you free per se in your identity.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. Um What's so interesting as it relates to identity is growing up, I was always, you know, pastor so-and-so's son. And then he would joke because then when I, you know, well, eventually when we trained, I transitioned out of that church and, you know, went to another one in town that where I eventually met my wife and he would, he became, oh, you're Dan's dad. So it's just kind of funny as I'm thinking about identity, how, you know you're you're known as this and then there's a shift somewhere where you become your own person you be, you have your own personality you have your own group of friends and now everyone associates him as my dad and not I'm the pastor's son and i think there's probably a lot stemmed in there too from being a pastor's kid there's a lot of a lot of pressure associated with being a pastor's kid you know the the uh, stereotype is they're either really good or really bad. um and i've I've seen that with I'm the youngest of five, so i've I've seen that with my siblings, but also with with other families. And I would say I'm the only one walking with Jesus of my siblings. Um, part of that is from some of the church hurts that our our family has experienced. The other some of the other siblings have a more difficult time. I think forgiving the big C church, you know, there's, they associate people with um, that particular building that existed in that city on that street, if if you catch my drift. So, hmm. I just something just popped in my head. I'm just going to say it because I hadn't thought of it this way. It's almost as though I'm the legacy that he's created. It's as though I'm trying to be the one that carries it on, if that makes sense, because the other ones aren't following Jesus. And so we're raising our kids to be followers of Jesus. Maybe there's something happening that I'm not even aware of as it relates to, you know, I'm proud of his legacy and all that he's done. And I look at my siblings and I'm like, you know, none of us are perfect. But, you know, some of them have said, you know, mom and dad seem to get along really well with you. It's like, well because we have something in common we like to go to church we talk about the bible we talk about all these things that are going on but that's an interesting thought i hadn't actually made that connection until this conversation Hmm. there may be some reality to thinking about legacy of wanting to To, to leave, leave a legacy. This is, this might be off topic, but it kind of relates to something that's been on my mind. So you can reel me in. One thing that I've, yeah, this has nothing to do with work. So um, one, one thing that I've thought about as it relates to being a, a parent was I want my kids to know a lot of details and facts about me because my I only knew I knew three of my grandparents, um, and both my grandfathers passed away when I was middle middle school ish, something like that, maybe late elementary to middle school, and then I had one grand grandma who passed away just twelve years ago, a little before my wife, a few weeks before my wife and I got married. Um, I just lost my train of thought that is the worst oh and I, I don't know much about i don't i don't recall much about my grandparents um and so i was like i kind of want to not like i'm going to write a book but my thought was i want to detail out things for my life and part and not so much like family tree stuff but like i played baseball in this league you know try to give my kids something they can look back on to be like oh remember when dad used to tell us this story oh it's it's in this little you know pdf for this electronic file that we now have and then they can tell their kids and so I guess legacy is important to me in the sense of I know I know the world won't remember me but I guess I want I want the laythrops to remember who I am and I want to make sure that you know I'm I'm the best version of Dan Lathrop that I could be, you know, which is my father's son. And I want to be the best dad that I can be for my kid. So I, yeah, I don't I don't really know. Again, that doesn't really align with what we're talking about, but that's something I've mentioned with my, to my wife before. Like, hey, I kind of want to not, I don't want it to be published or a book or anything, but just documenting the different seasons of life. You know, maybe there's some stories in there for their kids. Um, but this is all kind of relating to just like thinking about, my dad and relationships and legacy so that's why it came to mind and i wanted to mention it
0: no that's great it's great thank you and i think it's important to, to mention right that that we're just in one big sandbox playing experimenting seeing yeah. what works what doesn't work put this out of the box put something else in the box mm-hmm. so so if it's true to varying degrees uh this idea of performance idea of holding legacy together holding your family together honoring your dad and even pleasing your dad um and, and this idea of perfection as well as is, is coming up mm-hmm. how is how is this potentially a roadblock to what you want in this season
1: um I think I've been a people pleaser a, a lot of my life. I, In the past decade, I've stemmed away from that, but I'm definitely a perfectionist. And so I think that makes life difficult because the world's an imperfect place and I can let the smallest things derail any progress or derail any thought or project or conversation. And I see it in my oldest son. I see the, those same things. And it frustrates me when I see it. But really the onus is on me because I've I've actually shown him that. Right. You know, so I think there's a reality to seeing the things in in my kids that I'm like, why are they, why are they believing that? Why are they thinking that? And it's like, oh, because I've modeled it for them. You know, I've I've modeled this for them in in a in a way that probably wasn't, wasn't good for them. Um, Yeah. So I'd say in, in, in this particular season, it's probably bad that I'm, you know, a perfectionist um, because I don't give myself space to fail. Like I'm, I will articulate that to my kids like, Hey, you, you know, when you fail, you learn, but I don't, I don't take my own advice. Which is so funny as a coach to admit, like, I don't take my own advice, but I'm, I'm 100% guilty of it yeah. because it's so much easier for me to help someone else than to help myself. I, I think I would much rather help someone else than help myself If that. If I can even say that, I think just because it's, because it's easier and, you know, we, we know, we know ourselves so well. We know what we think about ourselves. We know the identity that we place on ourselves. And so I think because of that, it, it makes, it makes it all so difficult.
0: How how would the the posture of being able to receive receive from your wife, receive from your dad, receive a job, receive just the posture of receiving be able to help you?
1: Yeah, I I would. It's hard, right? It's hard to to receive it. In the sense of our culture is so programmed, you know, um, to be independent and to not accept help and to not ask for help. And that's one thing that's actually really frustrating. My parents are older and they don't ask for anything. And it's so infuriating when you're uh, the youngest of five and you're trying to parent your parents and they're not listening. And you're like, can you not hear what's going on right now? Like you need help, but you won't ask for it. We don't want it to be inconvenient. We are your kids. That's what we're here for. And so that's there's definitely some of that that has stemmed, I think, just from upbringing in, in regards to receiving seeing my parents. You know, oh no, we can't take. Oh, we can't do that. And I can. I just. I have a distinct memory from uh, playing baseball. We went to Nova Scotia in Canada, and we played a tournament they happened to put me in to pitch for the second half of this championship game. We ended up come back, coming back and winning. And our team took uh, our city name off of the scoreboard. So it's like a, uh, just a piece of wood with our written on there. And one of the coach's sons was like, Oh, we want you to have this. And I had said, Oh no, I can't take that. And I look back. I'm like, why didn't I take that? Like, that would have been so cool. Like I was the winning pitcher. I would have had that thing. I could have like, we lived in that city, in that state. All three of my kids were born uh, when we still lived in Massachusetts at that time. I'm like, that would have been a really cool little thing to hand over to them. Be like, hey, this is from when I played Nova Scotia. Know those stories? And yeah, it, it's something about receiving for whatever reason. It was, no, I can't take that. Um, so to answer the question, what would it look like to have a posture to receive? It's, it, it's uncomfortable. I think receiving is, you know, when, when someone gives you something freely, like it, 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 yeah, it can just feel uncomfortable. Like we had someone pay off my wife's student loan debt and it was uncomfortable, right? Like they had to write a really big check and they blessed us and we're thankful, hundred percent thankful, but it's definitely like, whoo. This is weird because it's not, it's not a loan, right? Like we're not a, we're not a slave to a lender because someone was like, no, we want to do this for you. So it's not like we're paying anything back. And so I think it would benefit me to learn to receive because then when good, good things are presented, it's easy to say, yeah, hundred percent instead of, oh no, 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 it's part of our culture. And I feel like being... Growing up in New England, it was also just one of my uh, friends' mothers used to always say when I'd go over to their house, they'd be like, "Do you want this?" I'd say, "No, I'm all set." They were like, oh, "You just know I'm all set." Like that's, but well, that's just New England, where I'm, where I'm from. You need this? No, I'm all set. Like that standard protocol. I laugh about it because it's so true. If you go into that into Boston, and if you say you ask someone something, "No, I'm all set," like that's that was a, a standard response so that that's just what i think about kind of growing up all right dan
0: so you you mentioned kind of the beginning we at least agreed to move in a direction of next Mm -hmm. steps for job business and and landing this next season of your life Mm -hmm. one do you want to stay down kind of getting clarity traction for the remaining part of our time or do you want to dive into something else that's kind of surface what what do you want to do right now
1: the, the the thing that I want to try and connect or I guess figure out more I think is thinking about identity as it relates to full-time work and what that what that really means for me because up to this point, it's just been me who's been working full time. My wife has been h- home with the kids, they're all in school. So she's in a spot where she's beginning to work on her resume to f- say, okay, what can I do part-time? And so I've, you know, been the been the breadwinner. And so that's the identity that I feel like that I've carried has been I'm I'm the one that that has to do all this. I'm the one that's um, you know, having to. Provide for my family, and you know there's weight that comes with that, and so leaving my job in December with nothing lined up, you know, it kind of looks foolish, you know. And I don't disagree with people if they would say that's kind of foolish. I hundred percent agree, um, but I I don't want that to stir me away from saying yes to something, right? Like I want to be able to say no to something and have it look foolish, so that I can say yes to the thing I'm supposed to. Uh, and so, I guess in that respect. I'm comfortable with getting <clears throat> uncomfortable in that in that scenario. So I guess linking I, identity to to full time work and and what that might mean or look like for me, I, I think is yeah. what I'm leaning towards. Here, here's what I'm
0: I'm pondering, and I'll I'll throw it out there for us to to explore for yeah. a couple minutes. What what if you just took our time together and just said, Hey, and Dan Sullivan has a book by this title. It's the, you already know who you need to know. It's the, it's the who, not the how, right. That's going to land you ultimately wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if that's true, how do you position yourself in your identity that you can ask for help and then to be able to receive that help. So one asking for help and two receiving the help, but three, you've got to know these people that you're going to begin to ask. Mm -hmm.
1: I've, I've done number three, you know, when, when I had made the decision, even before I was, uh, had left my job, I, I had reached out to some local business leaders and things of, and people of, of that sort here in town. Um, And I updated them on what I was looking for. And they were like, great, you know, we'll we'll keep our eyes and ears open for you. Nothing has really come from that. I've got another lead on something potential, uh, but I met with them before the holiday and I followed up last week, um, just looking for some clarity, like, hey, is anything developed from our last conversation? Because we had a positive one and it seemed like there was more. But I've heard nothing, so I have a plan um, to call this individual Thursday of, th- of this week if I don't hear anything. Um, so I feel like I've 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 been leaning into who are the people that either I closely know or I've somewhat associated with or know people who associate with them, and I've strategically. You know pin, pinpointed those individuals some of which have not been fruitful which is fine I, you know i'm not expecting everyone's going to have you know an answer or you know multiple avenues for me um but this this particular individual that i'm going to call at the end of this week if i don't hear from them that's one that's really been on my mind since i had that first conversation with them um because everything that we've talked about today the, the alignment and everything I feel like is there but I'm getting off topic from what you asked the who what were the first two I'm sorry I forget the first thing you there were three questions what were the first two again well the the first one's really about uh the who mm-hmm.
0: right asking for help and 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 your identity mm-hmm. so how do how do these three interconnected ideas begin to fit together for you
1: well this so the person I talked with this thing that's most pressing or the one that I'm going to follow up with this week I feel like this particular situation checked all the boxes if that makes sense from the things that we've discussed today clarity and alignment um people who love Jesus you know people who I who I know are trustworthy and have integrity and I I know that there would be challenge in the sense of hey I'm going to I would grow Um, and so you're bringing all these things up and it's like, Hey, I actually, I really feel like there's something I've, I, from the conversation I had with this recruiter, I felt like there was something there, really great conversation. And now we're having this conversation and it's almost like reminding me of, okay, I shouldn't be shy to follow up with this person because we had a great conversation. I texted last week after, again, after the new year, nothing. They could be on vacation. I don't know all these things, but I just need to call to say, I I'm here. You know, not not like I'm trying to be forceful. But what I've realized is, I I need to ask, right? If you the answer is always no if you don't ask, and I tell people that, and I need to believe it for myself, right? I need to be comfortable with calling and saying, Hey, I haven't heard from you. Would love to connect. And oh, we're going in different direction. Okay, cool. Well, now I know. I don't know what the expectation is. Nothing was clearly set out. You'll know by this date, we'll have further conversations. So I'm, I'm kind of in limbo. I don't have clarity and alignment around, hey, what does this process look like? And so I think that there's some inner turmoil associated with that. So you asking this, framing this question in this way is reminding me, hey, Dan, maybe you need to press in and maybe you need to even pray harder about this particular thing. Because maybe God will bring you to mind to that recruiter and they'll reach out to you. Or maybe some, something will be revealed to me about, oh, maybe there's a need here. Let me call him, you know, have another conversation. So it's just interesting that you brought it up in that way because now I'm reflecting on the past month and realizing, oh, there is something that exists that at least checks all those boxes of the things that we've talked about today. Hopefully that answers your question. No, I'm
0: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking for an answer, but let me, let me share what, what happened to me as, as you're kind of talking here and then we'll kind of begin to land the plane. Yep. You, you mentioned several times throughout our conversation together that, you know, the youngest of five, right. And as you were sharing what you just shared, being not only the youngest of five, but that story of sharing what you just shared you're gonna have to fight for what you want mm-hmm. like your presence wasn't always seen or known in the family being the youngest by default mm-hmm. right yeah. and so now this this narrative is going on in, in your head that like how, how do i honor my dad how do i keep this legacy together but whatever you choose to do, like, like this more spacious journey in you is going to have to choose to, to fight for, for what Dan wants. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that's a very difficult process of reforming our identity. Uh, because it may not look like our other four siblings and it may not look like what our dad envisioned. It may not even look like what you envisioned, much less maybe even your wife when you y'all got married. Right. Yeah. Uh, Um, so I think trying to, to rest into this place, but also begin to receive. If I want to receive whatever this this great next opportunity is, that means I've also got to step up and and take up more space by fighting for what I want most.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. It's really good. What what have you learned about yourself today? <clears throat>
1: I guess I had the realization that identity and legacy are are important to me. There's things I've thought about, but I hadn't really connected them with you know my current season as it relates to job searching because as I'm thinking about job searching, I'm not thinking about legacy and I'm not thinking about necessarily identity. But today, I, it's like, oh no, those those things can can exist in this season um, as it relates to lo- long term thinking and long- term planning um and even the idea that you presented about needing to fight for what i want i think that's that's true i've i feel like there have definitely been seasons and instances in my family life but also just in you know my married life where i've had to do that at maybe different organizations or the churches we've served at if you've needed something you need to to fight for it and to and i've I've become more confident in who I am in the past twelve years. So Dan today is much different than twelve years ago, Dan. Thankfully, uh, by the grace of God. And so I've I've learned to speak up more, but I still think I'm not doing that to my to the full capacity that I need to. And so that's a good reminder to remember hey no one's going to fight for it but you Dan like if you if you don't do it nothing changes nothing changes so you got to fight for it so that, that that was a really good reminder so I'm glad that you shared that thank you
0: absolutely so so we connect uh let's say a year from now what what's the story that you share with me and you're like man Lance thanks thanks for that time this is this is what has happened what, what's the rest of that story?
1: I think the rest of the story is... Re- I was re-envisioned for what was ahead. Yeah, I have was talking to a buddy today, actually, and talking about the job search and how, yes, it can be frustrating, it can be disappointing, you know, you're not hearing back from people, all all the things, but the... Uh, but Jocko Willink, the author and next Navy SEAL, he always he tells a story about good. You know, when adversity comes your way, something fails. Good. I don't generally name my years like this is the year of. And I know lots of people who do it, and there's value there. But I felt like the beginning of this year is a year where I take everything with good. You know, you didn't hear back from any of the recruiters on these jobs. Good. That means the right opportunity is still out there you know, um, whether it's regar- regarding to the relating to fitness or, you know, n- nutrition, whatever it is, something bad happens or something doesn't go ex- as expected. Good. There's room for growth. And I, I think there's reality to to that for me, meaning I got to get back to your question. I'm sorry. I, I, I uh, diverted. The story, the rest of the story is I was re-envisioned, found strength, was able to tackle adversity and handle it with more grace so that I could continue to move forward and find find that role that brought clarity and, and alignment um, for the season that I was in. I think that's the best way to articulate what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a good word. It's a good word. Thank you for Your
0: time Mm and uh, prayers and blessings uh, upon your journey, Dan. Awesome, Lance. Thanks so much.